0: Welcome to Dominion Today with Kevin and Chantel Davis, a podcast where you will learn how to discover your calling, live your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. By listening to these episodes, you'll build the confidence you need to operate in dominion and authority so you can walk in the revelation of the victory that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Now, here's your host, Kevin Davis. What I want to do this morning is instead of just having a dedicated time set apart for the time of receiving the tithes and the offerings I'm wanting to release the word of the Lord to you this morning which I believe that which God has to share with you this morning is of prophetic significance of where you are at of where we are at as a church of where we are at as a ministry pertaining to the vision of which each and every one of you, irrespective of form, shape, or size, are a part of. And so what's going to happen this morning is that as you feel the Lord dropping something into your spirit, as you engage with the Word, because whenever we preach at Dominion Church, Whenever we release the word of the Lord, it's never, call it one-way traffic. It's never a thing of you just sitting here and just listening to a good message or a good word. You just sitting being fed. It is an interaction. It is an engagement that takes place in the realm of the spirit. If you could see what it looks like in the spirit right now, it's, almost, it it looks like umbilical cords. There is a connection between the one who is releasing the word of God and every single one who is here in submission to the man of God and to the grace of God upon his life, of that which is about to be received. And you can make the decision whether or not you are going to plug in Get connected and engage, or whether or not you are going to restrict and walk out of this place and say, Well, good message, good service, but didn't get anything. That's up to you. And so, in saying all of this, the moment there is something that God speaks to you about, the moment there is something that is released. I want you to connect your faith to that which is being shared because how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as you hear the Word, it's going to stir up your faith. You know what it is that you believe in the Lord for. You know what it is that is your heart's desire. And you know what? God knows the desire of your heart. Why? Because He's the one who placed it there. God knows. God knows. There might be certain things that's so deep, that's so dear to you that you have not even spoken this to any person. You might have not even shared the depths of this to your own spouse. But God knows because you have been speaking to him about it. You've been contending in the realm of the spirit for this. And so as the word of the Lord is being released this morning, and as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, I want you to also get ready a seed that you can attach to your faith and to release that by faith. Because it's not about just coming up whenever there's a time for the offering or to receive the morning's offering and we sort of then want to see, okay, what do I have? Okay, I've got a five ran, I've got a 10 rand, ran, and bring. It's about making an intentional decision, becoming intentional in the area of our giving. Paul says, To the church that since you excel in everything. I pray that you will also excel in this grace of giving. And so I release even right now. This word over each and every one of you. Is that you will excel in every single area of your life. That you will excel. Because you choose to be excellent. Excellent in every single word and every single action that you make to be excellent. And as a result of you displaying and demonstrating your excellence, even in the area of your giving, that that which you bring is not just something, it is speaking of something which is dear to you, that your gift is excellent. It is like when it comes to Christmas time, when people just purchase those generic gifts. For when this family member who did not indicate that he or she was coming comes, then at least you've got a soap on the rope. You've got an oh so heavenly basket. You've got a sorbet voucher. And you've got some Ferrero Rocher. You've got some lint. You'll know what I'm saying. Because, hey, if you open up that gift and it's a a box of Lindor, as much as I enjoy it, let's be honest, it's a generic gift. But then there are other gifts. You know that there are other gifts when you present that gift to someone, you are the first to say, I want you to open up the gifts. I, I want you to open. And you want that person to open up your gift first. Because a lot of work, effort, thought went into that. You were intentional about preparing that gift. And that is the way in which we should approach these bowls. Cheerful. Because God is looking for those who are cheerful givers. People whose hearts are in their giving. Not just coming with something that's generic but to come with something that is specific. Something that you know will shift something in the heavenly places. Something that you know will even demonstrate to the devil who tells you and wants to point you to the headlines of this world about economic collapse and impending doom. Where you are saying that even through demonstrating that which you do through giving, Devil, you're a liar. Devil, I do not receive your word. Devil, I refuse the headlines that I see all around the world. Yes, I acknowledge that these things are facts. But you know what? Faith is greater than any fact. And so that is what I want to have happen this morning. Is that as you feel the word of God come to you. For you to connect your seed with faith. And to release the seed into the anointing. And remember, the anointing is synonymous of the anointed one, Christ the Messiah. So in essence, you are not handing in the envelope into the bowl. You are basically placing the envelope into the hands of Jesus. In the very same way that the bread and the fish were placed in the hands of Jesus. For Him to multiply the bread and the fish and Feed the thousands of people. 12,000 men, women, and children on that one occurrence. The question is, what are we placing in the hands of Jesus today for Him to multiply? That's the question. And so I want you to open up your Bibles as we go to the Word of the Lord. I would also recommend that you make some notes, because we're not just going to read from a single scripture, there's going to be multiple scriptures that I'm going to share with you, and as we release the word of the Lord that has come to us to reveal that this is the month of May, the month of movement and manifestation, you will recall that last week we spoke about keys, principles, and the laws of the kingdom of God. I shared with you the fact that these are irrefutable, constant, and consistent laws, keys, principles. In other words, they do not change. And once more, the Lord spoke to me this week, pressing me on the fact that this is the month of movement, which speaks of advancement. Advancement. I do not want any of us to ever mistake movement for progress or advancement. Because you can be about moving, but you do not really advance. So when we say movement, it speaks of advancement. And when we speak of manifestation, we are speaking of progress. You want to see the work of your hands. You want to see the fruit of your labor. You want to see the manifestation of of all that God has for you as you've been contending, as you've been applying yourself, as you have been applying yourself to the Word of God, to the principles, applying the keys and the laws of the kingdom of God in your life, which brings about movement and manifestation. You see, everything in life increases and grows. And I want you to make a note of this. You can write this down. Is that everything in your life must increase and must grow it's a must here's three scriptures for you to back this up John 15 verse 8 John 15 verse 8 it says herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit you see God is not just looking for fruit he is looking for much fruit so shall ye be my disciples. A sign of a disciple which is a follower of Christ is that he or she bears much fruit. John 15 verse 8. Luke 2 52. Speaking of Jesus himself, a scripture that I share oh so often that says and Jesus increased or Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man Jesus the son of the living God had to increase he had to grow and finally Proverbs four eighteen, but the path of the just that is the righteous some, one of you, some of you can say that's me all of you can say that's me that's one of you but the path of the just the righteous is the shine is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day another translation puts it this way saying that it's shining brighter and brighter each new day In other words, it speaks of increase. It shines brighter and brighter. And so God is expecting each and every one of us to increase, to grow and multiply. But there is also this conclusion that we have to make from the Word of God. Is that ultimately advancement comes from God. By you applying the laws, the principles, and the keys of the kingdom. You see, God is the God of advancement. Growth and advancement in the kingdom must be intentional. This is why we need to create a desire to grow in that specific area that we know that God is even right now illuminating to us, showing us. You know the area of your life, that area where you need to grow, where you need to increase your capacity, your ability. You need to grow in that area. But you need to become intentional about it. Intentionality is key. For you to grow, increase, and multiply. There is also something I want to highlight, which is the difference between a wish and a goal. Even a dream and a goal. There are many Christians who seemingly just want to wish upon a star. There are many Christians who subscribe to this idea of one day is one day and how crazy it is that that's even the slogan of the lotto in South Africa you see the moment you begin to speak the same language as the world you, you have to realize there's a problem is one day when my ship comes in no 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 the ship is not going to come in unless you are intentional you can speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west and call your ship to come in. You can call the camels to come, if you understand the scripture from Isaiah. You can call the camels. You can expect the camels, if you are not intentional, if you have not grown to the capacity where the camels would be able to release and deposit that in your life. It's about becoming intentional. It's about becoming A person of value that would be synonymous with that value that comes from the camels, from the ship, call it whatever you want. But there are many people who simply get into this place of just wishing that one day I have a dream. Okay, but what are you doing to help fulfill that dream? You see, we love to say, I have a dream, echoing the words of the late Martin Luther King Jr., But let's all be honest, he not only had a dream, he was actively pursuing that dream to become a reality. Nelson Mandela did not just have a dream, he was working towards making that dream become a reality. The same can be said of any person who's ever truly become successful in their craft. Or in the area of their ideas, bringing that to the world it started with a thought and because they fed that thought they meditated upon that thought and they worked at that thought yes it was a dream that one day greatness will be achieved but in order for your dreams to become a reality you have to make the decision you have to become intentional about waking up And so having a dream and having something written down, you speak to some Christian, that's a dream of mine. You know, you tell people, you know, we're going to the US. That's always been a dream of mine. You speak to people about Europe. You know, it's always been a dream of mine to travel Europe. You speak to people in the area of business. It's always been a dream of mine to have this kind of business. The dream will never become your reality. If you are just daydreaming about it. You can tell 500 people, 50,000 people. You can put it as your Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and every other social media status. For the next 50 years, it will not come to pass. Unless there is an intention. Unless you make the deliberate decision. That today I'm no longer just speaking about my dream. I will take the steps that are necessary to make that dream become a reality. Come on, I'm speaking to someone here today. And so what is a wish? A wish is a desire with no responsibility associated with it. People who simply wish and dream and daydream and speak of their dreams... They do not take responsibility. This is why in the same light you would hear them say things like, Well, I also wanted to start that business, but you know, the economy, you know, the fuel, the this, the... All the excuses. And yet, in times of economic turmoil, there are those who are making millions, billions, and sometimes even more. And it comes down to a mindset... It comes down to this ultimately, and that is the word responsibility. Taking responsibility for your life, understanding that your actions and even your inaction will have consequences, that there is going to be the outworkings of your decisions. And it comes down to responsibility. Are you taking responsibility? You say, well, that is such a hard word. Well, use the word stewardship then, if you will. Because it means the same thing. Stewardship. Being a steward over that which has been entrusted to you. Over that which God had given you. and Developing your capacity to with that which God has given you, to further develop it And be a blessing to this world. And you know what? That is typically where your victory lies. That is typically where your breakthrough, which leads to your victory, lies. Is that which God had given you. The raw materials then. The raw gift. The raw talent. The raw resources that God has given you. To further develop it and fully develop it. Because it is going to be your fully developed gift that will make room for you. And bring you among kings, people of high esteem, people of value, people who are powerful, people with influence. So, a wish is a desire with no responsibility associated with it. What is a goal? A goal is accomplished by your willingness to take responsibility. So, what needs to happen is that your desire must sponsor your willingness to do whatever it takes to do whatever it costs to realize that dream doing whatever it takes you see a lot of people have a dream but they're not willing to do whatever it takes are you willing to burn the midnight oil are you willing to face the persecution are you willing to have to dodge the bullets the arrows and the things that will come at you Are you willing? Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to be rejected and rejected again and rejected again and rejected again? And while you're being rejected to be betrayed by those who said, I will walk with you. I believe in you. That's what it comes down to. You have to be willing to pay the price. That's what it means to be a Christian. Jesus said that if you want to be my follower, if you want to be my disciple, you have to die to yourself. You have to pick up your cross daily and follow me. If only every Christian in the world right now could have a revelation of that and get over themselves to say to that spirit of pride and to confront it that I will bow. I will surrender and I will surrender all. Because typically that's the reason for fights in church. That's the reason for pastors of different churches to not get along. That's the reason for church members around the world to stir up strife and trouble. And wanting to cause division. It is because they are seeking that which satisfies and gratifies self. Of what they can get out of it. Playing people against each other. Brother turning against brother. Sister turning against sister. Because of that spirit of pride that stubbornness and arrogance, and a hardened heart that refused to repent, a hardened heart that refused to let love conquer all, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that love needs to win in the end, irrespective of what happens, no matter what, no matter what, is that I will stand, that I will believe, that I will take up my cross. And even if I have to be the only one, even if I have to be the only one in my family, even if I have to be the only one in my community, even if I have to be the only one in the region or in the nation or on the continent, then so be it. With the hope that my action and my willingness to move forward will inspire the hope of a nation. One of the laws of advancement, one of the laws of advancement is this vision. And so for movement and manifestation to come to pass, And to be fulfilled this month. And to see that happening month after month after month following this month of May. We need to apply one of the laws of advancement which is vision. And this is really why I want to just stand still for today. One of the laws of advancement is vision. In John chapter 1, in verse 45 and 50, I do not have the time to really Expound every single sentence and every word in this portion of Scripture. But what I want to just get to is this. Verse 48. This is Nathaniel meeting Jesus. After he was told, we have met the Messiah. Oh, you have to meet Him. You have to see Him. We have found Him. He has come. And when Nathanael first heard this, remember, where does this Messiah come from? Oh, he comes from Nazareth. Oh, can any good thing come from Nazareth? He was joking, fooling around. But then all of a sudden, verse 48, this is after Jesus said, no, I have to sort of deal with this. But this is after Jesus looks at him and said that this is a true Jew, a man in, in whom there is no deceit. You look at that and you're like, well, Jesus, he just sort of mocked you. But again, this is where Jesus, through the eyes of vision, sees beyond what earthly eyes see. This is a lot of times when people would even say, well, Pastor, you know, how could this person in the church have done this and have said that later on? Did you not see that from the beginning? Yes, there were certain things, character flaws that we saw. But you know what? We choose because we do not operate by sight from an earthly point of view. We operate from a place that is in the heavenly spheres and realms. We are able to look beyond the now and we are able to, by faith, accessing the fullness of the realm of the Spirit, see and look to the future. Therefore, we look to the now and come back to the now and see potential. We see the potential. And yet, every man still has to make a decision. Every man still has to make a decision. Jesus called Judas to be one of his disciples. And you would think, Jesus, if you were the Son of God, how could you allow this iris slung, this snake, this serpent, this person, to be one of your closest friends? Again, Jesus looks to the future. But all of us who have been called of God, we have to make a decision daily. Daily. You can turn your back on God today you can make the decision to turn your back on him today. So each and every one of us have a decision to make. And then he asked Jesus, how do you know me? And then Jesus said to him, I saw you while you were still sitting under the fig tree before Philip called you. Now Jesus was not there. Nathaniel was all alone. How did he see him? He saw him in the realm of the Spirit. Nathanael thought that he was all alone. He thought that he was in a place where he was all left up to his own thoughts. But Jesus saw him. He saw not only him sitting under the tree. He saw his heart. He saw his future. And as a result of that, then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. We read this in English and we just think, like, okay, you saw him, okay. what, What would lead this man who was skeptical just seconds ago to remark, Rabbi, you are the son of the living God. Because what actually took place is he realized that Jesus had seen him in the realm of the spirit. He had located him in the realm of the spirit. And he has now called him in the now, but from the perspective of his destiny. And then Jesus says these words, and I, I want you to really just stay with me in light of what we're talking about. We're we talking about vision. We're about sight or seeing, the ability to see, which goes beyond just the natural eyes seeing. Jesus said, verse fifty, you believe because I told you I saw you. Under the fig tree. But listen to what Jesus now says. He's playing on these words. Listen to what Jesus says the revelation. But you will see greater things than that. He was not just talking about, hey, I am able to see people sitting under a tree. No, no, no. there's much more that's happening here that we've already established. And Jesus is basically trying to say to him as well, listen, you will see, you will see through the eyes of faith. Through the eyes of vision, you will be able to access that which has been hidden from the natural eyes by your spiritual eyes being opened, for you will be able to access the realm of the Spirit and see even greater things than these. Quickly go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. When the Lord showed me this, I got extremely excited. A well-known portion of scripture. I love that moment when you read a scripture that you've read a hundred times. And the Lord just shows you something new. Jeremiah 1, 11 to 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? What do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Verse 12. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, you have seen well. For I will hasten my word to perform it. Now once more, you look at that. What do you see? Okay, I see an almond branch. And now the Lord says, okay, you have seen correctly. I will hasten my word to perform it. Something else is taking place here. Why would the Lord respond in that way when all He actually sees is an almond branch? Here's the revelation. Is that there is an interconnectedness, a link between vision speed. The moment you are able to see what God intends for you to see, the moment God opens up your eyes and you look with intentionality towards that which God wants you to see, and you see that which God intended for you to see. In other words, when you grab a hold of your vision, And even every single one of you that are a part of something bigger than yourself, when you're a part of this vision of this house, when you joined yourself to this house, to Dominion Church, and to the vision of Dominion, there comes a quickening, a hastening. And God is able to quicken that which you are believing Him to do in your life. So the question is, do you see? Do you see? If you say I see, the question now that follows that one up is, what do you see? And just speaking in light of the vision of this house, do you see the vision? Do you see the vision? Are you able to look into the realm of the Spirit and see the glorious future that awaits us? There will be times that you will be confronted with your senses. Where you look with the natural eye and you might see, okay, there's only a handful of people. Or you might look at something and you might say, oh, well, that didn't happen the way it should have. Or this happened or that. And those senses, your natural senses can overwhelm you. But this is why you have to rise above it. Because the moment you align yourself with a vision that is greater than yours, the moment you are able to see what God sees, And the moment there is a divine alignment that takes place in the realm of the spirit, there is a quickening. The Lord moves on your behalf and hastens that which he has promised you. Vision and speed are interconnected. Then in Genesis 13, verse 14 to 15. Genesis 13, verse 14 to 15. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him. Listen to these words. You can highlight this. Lift up now thine eyes. Lift up your eyes. And look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. So in other words, look all around you. You see, the instruction comes first and foremost, lift up thine own eyes. Look with your eyes. Look up. Because you're not going to ever get anything in life if you go through life like this. I'm just a nobody. Nobody loves me. Oh, the pastor doesn't recognize me. Oh, no one has ever loved me. Oh, woe unto me. hear the voice of the Lord as He says unto you. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes to see what I have for you. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art. You are not there yet. You are not at the end yet. You are where you are right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. Do not despise the days of small beginnings, of humble beginnings. For the Lord delights to see the work begin. A year from now, you would have wished you had started today. Someone else once said, it is either one day or day one. You have to make that decision. So you could be here today thinking still, well, one day, one one day in heaven. One day when my ship comes in. Or you can make that decision, that conscious decision and become intentional. Today is day one. Do not wait for Monday. You know, on Monday I'm going to start. Start now. Start now. Why not start now? Statistically, you are better off starting now than waiting for a particular day. Start now. So he's not there yet, but God says to him, look, north, south, east, west, look all around. As far as your eye can see, for all the land which thou seest, all that you see, that I will give and to thy seed forever. Not only is the promise that God will give what you are able to see to you, but that which you are able to see and grab a hold of, not only in the realm of the Spirit, but to have that manifest in the natural, it establishes something in your life It takes what is reserved for that which is in the future and brings it into the now. That is what faith can do. It brings that which is future into the now because now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And so making that intentional decision, that quality decision to become intentional, not only affects the quality of your life, but the quality of the lives of those who will come after you. And so it comes down to this, a generational vision. Having a generational vision. Because it requires of someone to be the first. Although you would have loved to have been a second generation An Isaac or third generation A Jacob or Maybe even fourth generation A Joseph (laughs) Hey that would have been great But it has to start Somewhere If all you look If all you see when you look at your Generations that have come before you And you see addiction Divorce Drunkenness Chaos Confusion, death, destruction, suicide. If you do not like what you see, change it. Change it. Become intentional of saying that, you know what? As for me and my house, again, it comes down to this word, responsibility. I take responsibility for my life. And because I take responsibility for my life, I take responsibility for my children and my children's children. The generations that are to come. Because that which you drop as the potential Abram, if you drop it, your son would have to pick that up again and become the Abram. Do not drop what God has given you. Establish what He has entrusted to you. Become that person of value. Become all that God has made you to be so that your children, that first generation after you, becomes the second generation in this lineage of blessing, of favor, of value, of worth, of prosperity and abundance. It's about making that decision. And once more looking at that scripture, Abram had to look. It wasn't where so ever just he traveled but where he could see I've made this remark before and I want to just highlight this again if God says to me you can have all you can see I'm telling you I will if I do not have access or the ability to buy a telescope I will make one I will find a way to be able to see far above and beyond I'm not going to wait for a you know a clear day and wait for conditions so I can see a little bit further like this morning driving in and you can see you know I mean you can even see lion's head as clear as day from here today other days you can you can't even see it you can hardly even see table mountain so what do you see can you see what God wants you to see can you grab a hold of the vision even if you do not as yet have a vision for your own life, this is why you have to be part of a vision that's greater than yours. By you just being here, by you plugging in, by you becoming a member of a church, by you becoming part of Dominion Church, by you becoming and subscribing to the vision of this house, I'm telling you, there is a quickening that will take place in your life. I've looked at the lives of those who have become members. I have seen their progress. I have seen their advancement. You yourself, without highlighting any of you, because I do not want to embarrass any one of you, but you know, if I were to highlight, just consider this for yourself. Some of you here six months ago, you were walking a totally different road. Just look where you're at today. Look, Just look what you have today. I mean, there's some of you, the first time you came into this place, it was like depression, suicidal thoughts, this darkness that was looming over you. Yet today, I mean, I'm looking at you and there's this light that is shining from you. And this is why we knew that this was going to be a place where we were going to see people grabbing a hold of their identity in Christ. Begin to walk a life of purpose. That leads towards their destiny. But you know what? That happens when you begin to apply yourself. When you become part of a vision that's bigger than yours. Becoming part of something bigger than yourself. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So what is vision? Vision is having a clear picture of your life and your destiny. Motion is a function of vision. And where there is no vision, there is no motion, there is no movement. So when you begin to see that in life you are beginning to stagnate, things have come to a pause. It is most likely that you have taken your eyes off the vision. And so you need to rekindle the flame. You need to readjust. You need to realign. You need to start looking with intentionality towards the vision that God has given you. Because it's easy to get into that place where things sort of begin to stand still and then you begin to look for trouble. Who can I blame? Who can I blame? Oh, this person, you're looking at me. Oh. I'm going to report you to the pastor. You begin to pick fights in church. You begin to pick fights at work. You begin to pick fights in your family. You begin to pick fights everywhere. Instead of doing that one key, taking responsibility. Assessing. Why have I stopped? Why is there no motion? Motion is connected to vision. And this is why this morning, even for us as a church, we're bringing things back to the vision. Of where we need to go. For the divine supernatural acceleration of all that God has for us. Of the divine and supernatural advancement of that which God has for us. We need to realign. Readjust. And get reconnected to the vision that God originally gave us. You see, it is easy for us to catch a word. There was a time when you got excited because of a word that God had given you, of something that came your way. It's easy to catch a word, to take it. I mean, there's some Christians, yes, unfortunately, I mean, they don't even, they let everything just drop on the floor. Hand coordination skills seem to escape people in the realm of the spirit. And eye coordination. So it's easy to catch a word to snatch a word, to take a word. It's easy to catch it, but very few ever carry it to fulfillment. There's a difference. Because when you catch something, there's excitement. There's excitement. People are very excited to join. People are very excited to sign up. But now are you going to help carry the load? Are you going to carry the burden? Are you going to carry the vision? Or are you going to look to the one, well, you're not doing that. Oh, you're not doing that. Oh, because you're not doing that, I'm not doing that. Imagine if every person in the world makes that decision. Every Christian today. Darkness will just prevail. Imagine if every Christian today takes responsibility for their own lives. I'm not talking about things you cannot control. You, you, act. If we take responsibility for ourselves and we decide to take that one step forward by faith, there would be no demon in hell that would be able to come against this supernatural rapid advancement of the kingdom of God in an unprecedented way, in a way that this world has never even seen of before. As much as we would point back to the days of the book of Acts, the people from the book of Acts will point to us and say, Hey, I mean, we saw some things in the book of Acts. But let me tell you, in 2023, there were a group of people who were radical. There were a group of people who were not self-seeking. There were a group of people who were not self-serving. They were not people who got preoccupied with the things of the flesh. No, 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 no. They were the ones who crucified the flesh. They were the ones who tied with Christ. They were the ones who were raised in Christ in supernatural power and might and efficiency and have been seated in Christ in heavenly places from which and from where they have dominion. Come on, if that is you and you are one of those, just take 10 seconds and praise Him. Hallelujah. And so in order for that vision to come to pass, you have to break down that vision into goals. Goals. And the goals you have to break down to daily tasks. So it becomes measurable. I'm sharing something very practical with you. Unless your vision becomes a daily task, your vision will remain unfulfilled. Checks and balances. You have to break your vision down to goals and the goals you have to break down to daily tasks. Because unless your vision becomes a daily task, your vision will remain unfulfilled. Also with vision, the powerful thing about vision, is that vision allows you to overcome pitfalls. Why do I say that? Because having vision and being sold out for a vision, becoming a carrier of a vision, and becoming single-minded and focused with regards to that vision, it gives you the focus and the ability to say no To things that will come your way to distract you, to sway you, to move you in the opposite direction of that which God has for you. I cannot tell you that the moment God speaks to you and you make the conscious decision, become intentional about pursuing what God has for you. If you're in the ministry, that's when you get all kinds of offers. If you're in business, that's when you get all kinds of offers. If you're in whatever office, in whatever function, in whatever place, that is where the things will come your way that will try to entice you with the intention of luring you away, which is not just away, but astray. So with vision comes the ability to be able to say no. Vision gives you the legitimate ground and the courage to say no. Vision keeps you from distractions and falling into the traps that have been set by destiny destroyers. Also, vision breaks generational curses. Or it has the ability to. Because people are seeking and continue to seek Because they refuse to see. Let me say that again. You get many people who are seeking God. Who are seeking the things of God. Hey, it is their desire to serve God. So they keep on seeking and they seek and they seek and they knock and they knock and they knock. The only problem is is that they find. There is the manifestation of what they are believing for. That they are confronted with the reality. And all they have to do is just to grasp a hold of it. To grab a hold of it. To take it. To receive it and become a carrier of it. But they refuse to see. And so it's presented. They ask. And although the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. The problem is is that it's available, but they do not see that it is available. Because do you know how many Christians today at the top of their prayer list they are praying for things they are fasting about things that Jesus Christ has already died for has already exited the tomb for has already established victory for but we are trying to beg God for that which has already been established and delivered to your door but we do not see it So there has to come someone who is able to take responsibility for their lives to break the cycle. It starts with you. Hey, you would have desired for your father to have done that. But if he didn't, stop blaming your father and take responsibility for your life now. Because otherwise your son will walk in the same road and will say that if only my father. And then you take a step back and you say, well, it's a generational curse. It's been going on for years you take responsibility and keep your mouth shut pertaining to any reason that you want to use as a means of justification for your unbelief or your unwillingness to take action. Be a man. You need to see and pursue the generational vision. You need to see and pursue the generational vision, that which God is releasing to you. You see, God has so much more to show you. But the reason He is not showing you more is because you're not really serious about that which He has shown you. When I was in East London, you know, you speak to people who say, Pastor, I've been called to the ministry. Okay, well then, sign up. Join the Bible school. Next year, Pastor, I feel like I'm called to the ministry. Join the Bible school. Yes, yes, I will. Next year. Now it's the third year. He could have been graduating that year. Pastor, I feel like I'm called to the ministry. Hello. Hello. There was a student, when Chantal and I, we started, we we ran a Bible school. When we just met, we ran a Bible school. My father was instrumental in all of Africa, 20-odd countries, almost 30 countries in Africa doing training, starting Bible schools, training centers. Starting churches. I mean, he trained more than 10,000 students in the years that he was involved in that Bible school all across Africa. And then Chantal and I also got to work in that Bible school within that framework. And there was a person. Oh, God. I don't want to say his name. But he would often tell us. He would phone. And he would say these words Pastor Kevin, I want to study. I'm like, okay, here's an application form and, you know, fill it in. And then six months down the line, don't hear anything from him. Then I get a phone call. Pastor Kevin, I want to study. Did you fill in the application form? There's all kinds of excuses. This goes on for years, years. And then eventually in 2009, we actually go to East London to go to Dr. Rodney Howard Brown who's hosting the revival and if you know the story I actually got a taxi because that was a way to get my parents face to face with the anointing for every religious and traditional demon to be cast out of them and then here was this person who also got onto that taxi The same one who wanted to study. And that night, after everything, this is now years after he wanted, I mean, he could have almost by that time had obtained his doctorate. But he still hasn't even submitted his application form. He goes up to Dr. Rodney. Kid you not. He says to Dr. Rodney, Dr. Rodney, I want to study. And Dr. Rodney looks at him and is like, then study. And so it comes down to this. What decision are you making today? You know, we laugh about this. And yes, it is funny. But if we actually begin to look deep within, what opportunities have we missed out on? What things have we consistently put on the side? Even worse, what things have we said yes to that God clearly wanted us to say no to? Because it simply was not the time. The grace has not yet come for that. There's also something that happens. Sometimes, that you know, when there's a pause, it's not necessarily just to say that, you know, you've stagnated, you're about to die. It also could be a time of preparation, preparing you for the next season that is at hand. And then you're going to be challenged in that time, whether or not you're going to try and move things along because you feel that God's prophetic timeline and your timeline is out of sync. And so you want to bring the plan and purpose of God on His eternal timeline, prophetic timeline, and want to help God along a little bit. Do not create for yourself an Ishmael when God has promised you Isaac. Do not strike the rock when God spoke to you about speaking to it. Finally, in closing, in Proverbs 28 and verse 19, we know this so well. It says that where there is no vision, people perish, people die due to a lack of vision. This, can you see how important this topic is? Vision, why? Because it's linked, interconnected with speed or movement. Progress and if something is not progressing, if something does not grow, it is synonymous with something that has died, it's dead, it's dead. So, where there is no vision, people perish. If you do not have a vision for your life, you're gonna fall into a pit of despair or depression or worse. And once more, if you are still trying to figure out where you belong, where is your place on this earth? Where do you fit into the greatest scheme of things? Just putting it in a worldly sense. Become part of something bigger than yourself because in doing so, you will find true fulfillment, meaning, and purpose as you discover your identity your God-given purpose, and you will fulfill your divine destiny. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, and then 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 17, then I'm done. In Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, to paraphrase this particular setting, the Lord Jesus, the risen Jesus, speaks to John on the Isle of Patmos as he writes the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he starts by saying to him, listen, I want to show you things. But in order for me to show you these things, you need to come up higher. You need to come up here. Come up here. So that I may show you. So God is wanting to take you higher. But understand, the higher you go, the more you're going to see. And I'm saying this for every leader. And I'm saying this to every single one who aspires to be in leadership. The higher you go, climbing the ladder of leadership, you will find the same to be true in your company, in your organization. Hey, because there was a time when you were just the the person, you know, you were just, you started at the bottom. Whatever the bottom would be in your company or organization that you work for. You were oblivious to what's happening at the top. I'm not even talking sinful things. I'm not talking unethical behavior. i I'm not. You're just not aware of the inner workings of what makes this engine run. You do not understand. You're oblivious. Even in the church, you know, you get here this morning and you see everything. But do you know what it takes just to get the live stream up? Do you know what it takes just to get the chairs stacked out? Do you know what it takes just to get the pulpit up, to get the carpets out? Do you know what it takes to serve the coffee and the tea? There's things that happen in the back end. There's things that you are not aware of. There's meetings that are being had. There are counseling sessions, deliverance sessions, things that take place that you're not aware of, that you're oblivious to. And so the higher you go up, speaking in light of the context of this and also just naturally speaking, when you want to increase your vantage point, your ability to see further, you have to go higher. And you see things from a different perspective. Also, isn't it incredible how high or the higher you go, the closer things or the smaller things actually begin to appear. You know, you, you, you drive around in Cape Town and you think to yourself, even myself coming from another city, and you drive around Cape Town, you think to yourself, well, this is a massive city. But then you take off from Cape Town International Airport and you've just, you know, just a few minutes in the air. And you look down, and you're like, I'm out of Cape Town already? I, I mean, I, I can't even see Stellenbosch anymore. I mean, I'm already over the Boerland. <laughs> And you begin to see how small things are actually. And this is how so many times people get so self-absorbed. They get so stuck in where they're at. And they think that this issue is so big. They think that they themselves, that they are so big because they have such influence. And then when you begin to go higher, you see that it's minuscule. Small. Again, this is why you have to be part of something bigger than yourself. In the same way that Cape Town is part of the bigger Western Cape. The Western Cape is part of something bigger, the the nation of South Africa. South Africa being part of the the continent of Africa. Can you see this illustration and the revelation contained therein? But coming back to this, when you're in a position of leadership, you're going to start to see things that you may not have seen before. You're going to have to start to deal with things that you've never had to deal with before. And you're going to be presented with opportunities to want to quit, throw in the towel because you feel, hey, this is not what I signed up for. And this is why we do not just lay hands on people quickly when it comes to anointing them and positioning them in the area of leadership. And this morning, in fact, in a few moments, we're going to do just that. But it takes some time. Certain things have to come into alignment first. There's things that need to happen in the in the back end, these things to, that need to be established in the realm of the spirit. Second Kings 6, verse 17. So as much as you see the the bad or the dangers or the challenges, because you go up. And your eyes are opened to see things from God's perspective. The opposite is also true. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. In the King James Version of the Bible. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, his servant, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And what did he see? Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. The servant was fearful. He was in close proximity to the man of God, to the grace and the mantle that was upon that man. Yet he did not carry the vision or the ability to see the way or this, to see the things from the perspective of the man of God. And so it caused the man of God to speak to God, to open his eyes, that God would bring about this movement and the manifestation for his eyes to see. Because he became fearful. He thought, oh, we see the enemy. We are surrounded by, you know, by the enemy from every side. Should we die? Should we fall on our own swords? What must I do? Because he became fearful. But he was looking at the man of God and he's hunky-dory, nonchalant, no problem. And he was able to open up his eyes, but he still had to make the decision to see. And then what he saw, he had to grab a hold of. Because he could have thought, I'm just daydreaming. It's not really there. It's not really there. It's not happening. I'm dying. That's what happens. And you know what? This is the reason why people end up even leaving the church or vacate a leadership position or end up running away even from the workplace because they're unable to see. They didn't grab a hold of the vision or if they caught the vision, there was a time when they dropped it and they were unable because of pride to acknowledge that I've dropped it I want to pick it back up and carry it again forwards with you. And so I want to encourage you. And I want to encourage every single leader here today. And even the prospective leaders. The prospective cell leaders. The prospective zone pastors. The prospective church planters. The prospective individuals who will be released into the fivefold ministry. catch the vision but carry the vision there might be times when I would have to as the man of God had to speak to his servant to say you're not seeing it you're not seeing it and I will pray that the Lord will open up your eyes but you would need to have a willingness to see it you need to allow the spirit of pride to not overcome that which has taken place but for you to grab a hold of it afresh and to carry that load and so Father in Jesus name I pray that every single one in this place everyone listening to the sound of my voice will make the quality decision today to become part of something bigger than ourselves That we will align our lives with a vision that is larger, that transcends generations that are yet to come. Father, I thank you that as we do so, as you open up our eyes to see and grab hold to catch the vision. That you will give us the boldness, the faith and the endurance to carry the vision and for the fullness of that which you have spoken and released to us to come to pass. Father, I pray that over the coming days and weeks and months, that in every single one who is here and those who are yet to come, for them to multiply themselves, for you to multiply our effectiveness, But even in this month that we would see movement and manifestation. That even as we prepare for this time of commemorating the day of Pentecost. I pray for the fire of God. To once more flood the lives and fill every single one. That we would be driven by the power and the fire of your spirit that we will stand on the authority of your word and see the desired outcome. We declare that we are bold and tenacious, that we refuse to let go until such a time that we see the desired result. I pray that, Lord, that you would increase our capacity, increase our awareness, give us discernment, Let our spirits and our hearts become sensitive to the needs of those around us. That we will witness. That we will not just advertise these church meetings and market these church meetings. That we will witness. That your spirit will come upon each and every one of us afresh. So that we may become your witness. I pray for an impartation and activation of the vision that you've given us for it to truly just grab a hold of us in our hearts. That even this morning we will ask ourselves, where do we fit in? Lord, what is it that you want me to do? How can I serve you? Within this great vision. How can I be a blessing to my brother and my sister? How can I be a blessing to those who are hurting? To those who are even dying. Because they do not know. Father I thank you for your goodness. That even in the times that we have dropped the ball. That even this morning. You say that it's not the end. That this is but the beginning of a brand new life. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you'd like to help Kevin and Chantel reach and impact this generation, thank you in advance for sharing this episode with your world. If you have enjoyed Dominion today, follow Kevin and Chantel on Instagram, Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform, or connect with them online at dominion.org.za.